This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Elizabeth Kristoff, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited you're here because we're going to talk about brain health, and brain health is so important. But before we get to that, why don't you take about 30 seconds or so, tell us who you are and what do you do in the world? So my name is Elizabeth Kristoff. I'm the founder of a virtual platform called Brain-Based Wellness, and it trains your brain and your nervous system to be more resilient. And I also use somatic practices to move stress and emotions through the body. So the whole point of it is to use movement, to use functional or applied neurology for resilience, and to really move people out of a protective mode into a performance mode. I love that. I love that. Now, my listeners probably know that my mom has late onset Alzheimer's. She's a three-year-old trapped in a 76-year-old body. I miss my mom. I haven't seen my mom in about four years. Uh, I physically have seen her, but mentally... You know, she still knows who I am, but she's not there. I've learned more. Well, thank you. I've learned more about brain health and Alzheimer's and dementia than I ever thought I ever know, because now I have a loved one who has it. And one of the things I learned about uh, from talking to a neuropsychologist is that there are things that people can do to mitigate the chances of getting Alzheimer's. My mother's mother died of it. My mother will die of it. And I'm like, what about me? And he said, well, if you take care of yourself, in other words, your diet, your exercise, you get enough sleep. And if you keep exercising the brain, which is not the same, as you know, as exercising, going for a run, you know, learning a language. I'm trying to learn French, read books, things like that. Um, So I was really I was really pleased to hear him say that, that there are things that you can do to even though Alzheimer's or dementia runs in your family, that you can actually mitigate it. Because a lot of people don't know this. And when I look back at my mom and my grandma, they never exercised. They ate a lot of high, high carb food, high processed foods. And, you know, back then, if you weren't an athlete, you didn't exercise. No one knew. But now we know you should be exercising every day. So what are your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, absolutely. I think that. What's really important to understand is that our brains and our nervous system are changing all the time based on the input that we're giving to the system. And so we can give our brain and our nervous system different types of stimulus to keep it active, to get it more fuel supply, so that we are intentionally training not just our brain, but our, our nervous system as a, as a whole complex unit to move and change in a positive direction. So it's never done changing and we have some agency in the direction that it changes in. So using applied neurology, a lot of what I focus on is helping people find their unique deficits in their nervous system in the input systems, like their eyes or the balance system in their inner ear or their body mapping system inside of their joints and, um, and their interceptive system, which is the system that tells your brain information from your organs, kind of tells your brain how you're doing inside. So I train those different systems to give better input to your brain and to give stimulus to the parts of the brain that are maybe underactivated or that need more activation so that your brain, one, can have better quality information coming in and that allows it to do its primary job, which is making predictions to keep you alive. Pattern recognition, making prediction, keep you alive. So if our brain has better information coming in on a second by second level, the threat, the stress that our nervous system is under is reduced. So if you train the input systems, you start to get a different output. 
And then we also can start to move stress and emotions through the body so that they don't get internalized and stuck and dysregulate our nervous system more because chronic stress for a long period of time is is very dangerous to our brain and to our body. So there's lots of things you can do to improve the health of your nervous system and your brain. Why do people like you recommend that we learn a language or we solve puzzles? Why is that so good for our brains? Well, it really comes down to novel stimulus and our brain needs two really important things for survival, fuel and activation. So it needs um, glucose and oxygen. That's your brain's main fuel supply. And it needs stimulus. It needs activation. And so when you're learning, you're activating new parts of your brain or you're activating parts of your brain that maybe don't get stimulus. So when we fall into our day-to-day patterns and we don't give our brain a lot of novel stimulus, then we don't get all of that activation and fuel supply up to the different areas. And if we're not getting that, then those areas start to to lose strength, to lose health, right? You can think of every single neuron as its own little human being. And a neuron is just one cell of the nervous system. And every single one of those cells wants to stay alive. And in order to stay alive, it needs fuel and it needs activation. So if you can do stuff to bring the fuel to your different areas of your brain, like your language center or your motor cortex through novel movement, moving in different directions, angles, rotations, um, different stimulus for your vestibular system, which is your balance system inside of your inner ear. So you're moving through um, different body positions and not just doing the same thing every day, then those systems get more activation. It brings more blood flow, more fuel supply, and that, that keeps them healthier over time instead of letting them to generate with lack of use. So a physical analogy is I'm a daily runner. So I've run every day since August 29th, 2017. But if I stop running, and I didn't do any exercise, after a while, my body would begin to break down and become like a flobby person because I'm not energizing. Same thing with the brain, right? We keep giving the brain, uh, what you call them, uh, better inputs to get better outputs. And that's why Mm -hmm. this is not something you do a couple days a week. This is something you should do on a regular basis because it keeps the brain sharp. Yeah, that's right. I really think of it as training your nervous system like you would train the muscles in the gym, right? So if you want your vision to not get worse over time, many people think their vision has to get worse as they age. And and that's not true. It's just a matter of that we don't use all of our different visual skills very regularly. A lot of the time I'm sitting right here in front of this screen, focusing on something that's about 13 inches away from my face. And so the muscles of my eyes aren't moving through their full range of motion. The cranial nerves that activate my eyes and process visual information aren't getting that much stimulus. And so a really great way to just improve your visual system is to every once in a while stand up, go outside and try to focus on something that's really far away. Shift your focus to a faraway object because we don't do enough of that. Or maybe just make some big circles with your eyes so that you're getting a little bit of stretch through those muscles, working all six muscles that surround your eye and giving the cranial nerves that activate the eyes, that make them move and that process that information, a little bit of new stimulus. And over time, you can actually train your vision to improve with intentional nervous system training. Now, you mentioned something on this show that no one ever mentioned before. And the reason why I picked it out, you talk about the vestibular nerve. I suffer from something called vestibular nerve disorder. 
And mm-hmm. what it was is back in, I used to live in Rochester, New York. I fell in some black ice back in 1989 and I was going to work at the time. I worked for a steel factory when I was going to college and it had snowed. The temperature got above 33. It melted. Then the temperature went down. So it froze called black ice and then it snowed on top of it. So I'm going into work one day and all of a sudden in the blink of an eye, I went from my feet to my head. I'm like, what happened? And I struggled to get into work and they sent me to the emergency room. It took them five years, six years, some crazy number like that. They could not figure out why I was having these dizzy spells. At the time I was an avid bike rider and I could go on, you know, riding through trails. You know, they have those poles, you know, as you come approach the road, I could just like fly right through there. And then I found myself slowing down and, you know, I'm like, there's something not right. Test after test after test. The one test they finally did, they put me on a balance table. And the woman moved one of the plates like an inch and I lost my balance. She goes, ah, we know what you have. You have something called vestibular nerve disorder. I'm like, I'm sorry, what? I have what? And she said, there's this little teeny tiny organism that, that you just talked about. I'm not organism, but a part of your body that maintains your balance. It's really tiny. It's between the ears and the middle of the brain. I never heard of it until I injured it. And so now I'm not even supposed to go on roller coasters, but I'm a rebel. I, I go on roller coasters anyways. I get kind of dizzy when I get off them, but they're still fun. Um, you, we take balance for granted, but try damaging, which is really difficult to do. Your vestibular nerve, and you will have a fresh, a fresh perspective of what, it, how much you really rely on balance, how much your body is in balance all the time. Hey there, it's Mark, and I want to invite you to become a Mark Struchowski Insider and get the top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs absolutely free. It all happens over at MrProductivity.com. Yeah, well, actually, a lot of people have damage to their vestibular system, which is so we have a vestibular system on the right side and the left side. And it's what it is, is a little system. There's three canals with some fluid in it. And when that fluid moves, it brushes the cilia and those send signals to your vestibular cochlear nerve. And it tells your brain where the horizon is. It orients you with the horizon. We also have two vestibular organs, otolith organs, and all five of those things make up your vestibular system. So it tells your brain where the horizon is. And that's really important because your brain uses that information to set the tension in all of your postural muscles. So your posture is really driven by the information coming in from your vestibular system. It also tells your brain whether you're laying down or you're standing up. And so lots of things can affect that system, medication, lack of stimulation over time, an accident or an injury like you had, or um, even just small habitual deficits, like someone is always kind of leaning to one side and that gets worse over time and kind of a feedback loop. Like sometimes you'll see people running and their head's kind of stuck, tilted to one side. (laughs) Yeah, it happens all the time. You see it all the time. No worries if it is. But we want to train that system because not only does it set a lot of your postural muscle tone, but also all of these input systems are giving information to your brain all the time on a second by second basis. And your brain takes all of that information in and it kind of 
triangulates it like a GPS, right? The information from your eyes, from your inner ear, your vestibular system, from the proprioceptive system, the body mapping system. And it uses that information to know where you are in space and to know about the world around you. And then it integrates all that information and it produces an output. So if that information is threatening to your brain, if it feels like it's not getting good quality information, or if it's a little bit inaccurate, or maybe your vestibular system is saying something different than your eyes are, then your nervous system and your brain are under more stress every single second because of that deficit in that system. And then what happens is our brain and our nervous system have this ancient intelligence and they know that too much stress for too long is dangerous, that it causes disease, that it causes mental health issues. And so your brain will start to produce protective outputs to try to get you to reduce the amount of stimulus coming in, the amount of stress that it's under. So that could be like pain. If you're in pain, you'll take smaller steps. You won't work out as much. You won't have as much threat, stress load coming in, or it could be depression. It could be extreme fatigue. Go lay down in your bed, pull the covers over your head, and there you go. You're safe now. From your brain's perspective, you are now safe and reducing the amount of stimulus coming in. It could be unwanted behaviors. So as we let these deficits build up over time, what happens is we start to really move into protective modes, and those modes can be really counter to the life experience that we want. Now, let me ask this question, because after I got the injury, when I'm flying now, when the plane, I never, I don't believe I was able to experience this, but when the plane like turns just a little bit, I picked it up much more. Is that, is that all related to this? Yeah, it could definitely be that your vestibular system has become hypersensitive. So a lot of times when a system is damaged or it has a hard time getting the stimulus that it needs. Remember, every neuron is like a little person that wants to stay alive through fuel and activation. So that system is going to become more and more sensitive, trying to get the fuel and the activation that it needs. And so as you, as you start to experience that, yeah, you could definitely feel more changes in the horizon as your vestibular system becomes increasingly sensitive. The first time I experienced that, I'm like, whoa, I told my wife, I said, did, did you feel that? Wait, the plane shifts a little bit. You're crazy. No, I felt it. And I never remember feeling that before I had my accident. Now it's like, I can feel these subtle things. And I, now that what mm-hmm. you just said made a lot of sense. Now, I want to go back to what you said about focusing uh, in 2020, 2021. You know, we spend so much time behind our screens, zoom calls, Google mm-hmm. Meet, Microsoft teams. I don't want to leave anyone out. Um, and that's not good. And so what I've been trying to tell my clients is sort of what you just said is at least once an hour, you need to get up from your computer. You need to walk outside, maybe take the dog for a walk or walk around the block or do some jumping jacks or go do something. Because looking at these screens all day long is not good for us. We are not meant to sit behind screens. And like you said, like right now, this is an audio podcast, but I'm actually looking at your picture on Zoom or on Zencaster. And the problem is my eyes aren't going anywhere. And when we get too much that I can see what you're saying, you know, your brain gets um, Zig Ziglar used to say that the only difference between a grave and a rut is a rut is a grave with the ends kicked out. And the more you do something, that rut gets deeper and deeper and deeper. And the deeper it gets, the harder it is to get out. And so I say, listen, every hour, 
even if it's two minutes, get up, walk around. Like you said, go outside, look at something, look at the flowers, look at the clouds, do something because you want to keep your uh, your brain, yeah. your eye activated. But this is something so simple that anybody can do. It really is. And it's so simple, but it makes a huge impact in your overall well-being because our visual system is at the top of the neural hierarchy, which means it's the most valued system by your brain in terms of input in terms of the information that it's using to make those predictions that it needs to, to keep you alive. It relies on about 80%, give or take, that's always different for everyone, but about 80% of the information that your brain uses to make those predictions is coming from your visual system. And so when our visual system starts to deteriorate because of lack of use and, or it just gets really tired from having to focus on something so close for so long, then that really affects the amount of stress that our nervous system is under on a second by second basis. And when our visual system gets tired, our brain makes the rest of us really tired because it relies on that information. So it's going to say, okay, this system is starting to fatigue out. This information is really important to me. So I'm going to go ahead and make you really tired so that we stay safe and you just go to bed. Um, So a really great tool is in between Zoom meetings or in between the things that you're doing on the screen, just take your palms, place them over your eyes, block out all the light and let all the muscles surrounding your eyes relax and try to let it go completely dark. And just sit there for like 30 seconds, breathing in through your nose, breathing out through your mouth slowly, like you're breathing out of a straw. And then after about 30 seconds, remove your hands and you will feel a huge boost of energy as you just give your eyes a little bit of recovery. Or like you said, go outside and either try to focus on something that's far away so that you're getting a, a different skill, a different visual skill active, or maybe try to take a walk and see what you can see in your peripheral vision. Peripheral vision training, it really helps calm the nervous system. And it's a great visual skill to train since we're so hyper-focused with our vision a lot of the time. One of the things I like to do, which I confess I don't do nearly as enough, is I would, someone told me this a long time ago, is to be a statue. So what I'll do is I'll close my eyes and I'll just like completely relax. So I relax my jaw and my arms, everything. I just like sit like a statue for two or three minutes. And it's amazing. I should do this more often because it's so effective because I'm essentially letting my brain go, (sighs) just take a deep breath. And you don't need the 30 minute break, just a couple minutes doing that. And again, it's so simple. I I think I got to get back doing it because I, when I do do it, it really helps, but I I don't do it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the trick about some of this stuff is that it is, it's, it doesn't have to be super complicated, but you do have to do it, right? And the important thing to remember about stress is that we don't just experience it in our cognitive mind. Everything that our mind experiences, our body does too, and our nervous system does as well. And it's been a stressful year for most people, right? 2020 and 2021 so far, having a pandemic, a lot of job changes, financial stress, all these things going on. And all of that stress, if we don't process it through our body, gets internalized. And so taking the time to do something like a full body relaxation like that, just 30 seconds of of consciously relaxing your muscles or it, 
what I like to do with people a lot of times is contract and relax. So contract every single muscle in your body, generate as much tension as you can, take a breath in and then exhale and just explosively relax everything so that you're just processing some of that stress through long exhalations are another great way to process stress through your body or just get up and bounce around, shake around and just get out, shake it out, you know, and just assess and reassess what makes you feel better because everybody's nervous system is really different, but do something for yourself once or twice a day to move some of that stress through. Because again, it can really lead to disease and inflammation and long-term it can lead to pretty severe nervous system dysregulation. I watched some uh, Tony Robbins training about a month ago and the training was three, four hours long for like four days or something like that. And what he does is he'll talk for 30 minutes and he says, okay, everybody get up and jump around. And, and he changes the physiology. You, you got mm-hmm. to, your brain wants to have the exercise. And what happens is when someone says, yeah, I'll get on the call. It's like three hours long. I'm like, oh my gosh. So what I do now, I don't even apologize. If I'm going to call with someone and my body needs to get up, I get up and I'll, you know, do some stretches, jump up and down. I don't care what it look like on camera because I know it's going to affect my health. If I don't do that, yes. I'm going to start getting tired. I'm going to start drifting off. I'm not going to start, I'm going to start beginning not paying attention because then it all like a house of cards, it all, you know, it all comes down. So I would encourage people, you know, maybe not jump around if you're at a business call, but you can at least stand up and maybe, you know, you stretch your leg. Yeah. You can even just shake your hands or shake your arms and just get a little bit of, you know, that stimulates the mechanoreceptors inside of your joints. And our motor cortex lives right next to our frontal lobe. And so areas of the brain that live next to each other really affect each other. So if you can get fuel and activation to your motor cortex, you're going to have better cognition. You're going to be more creative. You're going to be able to focus more and you're going to be able to inhibit more of your back brain survival responses, which is important for like not being super emotionally reactive or unwanted behaviors. And so it's, yeah, it's important to process the stress through. And it's also important to move as human beings were really made to move regularly. It's how we evolved and it really, has a huge impact on brain health. Hey, I now have an affiliate program where you can earn up to 30% commission just for referring people to my paid program. To find out more, go to mrproductivity.com, scroll to the bottom of the page and click the link. So I'm a member of the 5am club. I read Robin Sharma's book, the 5am club last year, and it became a 5amer. And one of the things he teaches in the book is when you get up within 15 minutes, elevate the heart rate. Okay, elevate the heart rate, break in the sweat. And I didn't do it for all of 2020. And I decided, you know what? I'm going to try doing that. So I would get up at five o'clock in the morning and I would be out. I would do a brisk walk for 20 minutes. Okay, right around my neighborhood, I break out of sweat. And what's different is I used to do my reading, like I read the Bible every morning, I do my journaling. When I did that exercise, that brisk walk for 20 minutes, I am more able to focus. I'm what I'm reading, my plan for the day, my journaling, just that getting up and getting going. Because most people get out of bed and they sit, they plunk down next to their bed and they're like, okay, let me read. And your brain's like, I'm not even awake yet. And just getting out for 20 minutes to raise the heart rate and the focus I get is tremendous. And again, that's something simple. Now you don't have to get up at five o'clock in the morning, but when you get up, first thing you do is go raise that heart rate for like 20 minutes. Your focus is going to be so much more clear by doing that simple thing. 
Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I think maybe for some people that seems really overwhelming and it doesn't even have to start with that, you know, minimum effective dose, just get a little bit of movement, whatever is actually doable for you. And, and it can also be any kind of movement that you want. It doesn't have to be something super strenuous. You can move intuitively just how your body likes to move. It doesn't have to be a prescribed exercise routine. And everybody's nervous system and everybody's body is so unique and so different that it will affect everyone differently. But I encourage people to be like curious and inquisitive and explorative with it and just see what their body responds well to assess and reassess. And But do find some way to move that that makes you feel better. Yeah, and don't do this. Don't say I'm going to do my meditation and prayer while I'm covered up and comfortable in bed because that ain't going to work. You're going to be snoring before too long. Um, <laughs> so we all know that. So Elizabeth, you gave a lot to think about. I want to thank you for sharing your insights. Now we're going to do something called Mic Swap. This is an opportunity to show where you, my guest, gets to be the temporary host of the Mark Straczewski podcast. And you can ask me any question you want. Uh, don't ask me for my social security or credit card numbers. And if I don't know the answer, I'll tell you. So the, the, the show's all yours. Great. Awesome. Well, what do you do to process stress in through your body? Well, one of my go-tos is going for a run. Uh, I run every day, um, typically in the morning because it gets hot here in Houston in the summertime. But what I try to do when I'm going a lot of stress is I need to disconnect from whatever's causing me stress. So I uh, got my 80 year old father taking care of my Alzheimer's mom and he gets a lot of stress. And sometimes he doubles up on his stress because he watches the news and he sends me all these text messages. And what I sometimes do is I'll just go for a walk without my technology. And that's really important. Don't be on your phone while you're walking. That defeats the purpose. And, and I'll just like go outside, maybe take the dog for a walk and just decompress uh, that really helps me respond because too many people are just doing the knee jerk reactions. Someone says something and it really irritates you, but maybe they just got some bad news. Maybe they got fired. Maybe they, uh, one of their you know, kids got diagnosed with cancer and you mistook their emotion. And so mm. when you are, someone says something to you and you get angry, don't respond right away. Step back and go, man, they don't normally react this way. You know, maybe something's going on. And if you just take that few seconds, or like you said, the exercise where you put the, your your palms over your eyes and, and you just breathe in and breathe out, do that first because a lot of people are causing a lot of unnecessary pain because they're reacting. Take a breath and then react. And I said, you know, you're probably going to be responding a lot better than you would otherwise. Yeah, that's so beautiful. That's one of my favorite things really about nervous system training is giving people tools for self-regulation so that when you do get triggered or activated, you have some kind of mechanism, some kind of tool that you can use to re-regulate your nervous system so that you don't have to go into those those patterns of reactivity. And I think it's it's so important. Yeah. Especially since we're all under so much stress right now. <laughs> A little bit. It's easy to get reactive. Yeah. So do you have another question for me or is that it? Do you do anything before and after you do a podcast to make yourself feel more present, less stressed out? The right answer is yes, but the answer really is no. Um, <laughs> when I started the podcast back in July of 2017, I was so nervous. I would be at my computer like an hour ahead of time. I'd be sweating. And, and now I've been doing it for so long, over 790 episodes. I can just walk in and just do it. I, I probably should. No, I know I should 
take a few minutes. Now, before we did this interview, I was outside with my dog, throwing the ball with her. I threw it over the neighbor's fence. I had to walk around to get the ball to the neighbor's fence. So I try not to just, you know, just show up, you know, nonchalante. I, I try to, you know, I walk in here and I try to sit down, but I, I could do more to change my physiology. So thank you for the reminder. I really appreciate that. You're so welcome. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> so the final question I have for you is where can we go to find out more about you and what you're doing in the world? Yeah. So the best place to find out is brainbased-wellness.com. And if you go there, I have a free applied neurology 101 course that you can sign up and register for for free. And it just teaches you about how to start to become the expert of your own nervous system, how to assess and reassess what's working for you. And it'll teach you a couple of the drills that I have found to be beneficial for a large number of people. And it's just a great little starter course. And you can just reach out to me there too, if you have any questions, brainbased-wellness.com. What's funny is a couple of weeks from now, I'm going to be going, my wife and I are going to be flying to see my parents in Florida. My dad's got to have some more work done in his heart. And he picks us up at the airport. I always tell my dad, you know, we'll, we'll get a rent a car and we'll drive down. Oh no, we'll pick you up. It's an hour drive there and back. It's two hours in the car. And my dad complains the same way on the way from the airport to his house, the traffic, they didn't make the highway uh, wide enough. Why are all these people in my way? And I, I told my dad the other day, I said, dad, every time you pick me up, you say the same thing. I could actually say it for you. I said, why don't you just record it and just send it to me ahead of time? <laughs> and he goes, do I really say that? I said, yes, I four. You always complain about I four for years. You've been complaining about I four. They haven't changed it yet. <laughs> so you're getting yourself all tied up in knots. And I'm like, just take a breath. Okay. Why are you letting these people in traffic get to you? Okay. You're retired. You're 80 years old. Just say, Hey, we get home. When we get home, take a breath. But it's so funny. I just, I, I make fun of him now. I'm just like, Dad, are you going to say the thing about the I-4 traffic? Okay. Just wanna... Yeah, it's a neuro <laughs> loop. He's stuck in his loop. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, he's been stuck in his loop for a while. So I, I give him a hard time about <laughs> it. So, Elizabeth, thank you so much for being on the show. This has been a ton of fun. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski Podcast. I really hope it served you well today. Now head on over to my website, mrproductivity.com. Sign up to be a free Mark Stuchowski Insider. Get my top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs. Absolutely free. It's my gift to you. And until tomorrow, my friend, go be productive.